Welcome back to another edition of the Wits Up Podcast. It is fantastic to see all of your friendly faces. Um, (laughs) It's fantastic to see all of your friendly faces for the last time as the Wits Up Podcast. Uh, If you've read the description, this is not a surprise. If you haven't read the description of this uh, episode, I have made the incredibly tough, emotional um, although emotional sort of suggests that I made it out of emotions, it's actually quite a rational decision and I'm 100% confident in this decision, but there's a lot of emotions t- attached to it. Uh, but I have made the decision to shut up shop when it comes to wits up. We, it is the end of an era. Um, it is the end of an amazing, beautiful, inspiring passionate 10-year adventure, uh, 10 years plus actually, to be honest. Um, but uh, there just they came a point in time and I could actually pinpoint the time uh, when I made this decision. We were actually out to dinner with our best mates, the Brinleys, at, when we got out of lockdown uh, the last time. We're now back in lockdown <laughs> as of about 12 hours ago which is awesome. Um, but Beck, I don't know, she 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 knows I've been struggling for quite some time and for whatever it was on that night, maybe that, that twinkle or that sparkle in my eye was just extinguished and she just kept asking me the right questions, although at the time it felt like the wrong questions. Um, I just didn't have the answers when it came to wits up, uh, and I would I used to have those answers, um, you know, around what's driving me, uh, you know, why am I doing certain things, and I guess that's it. I just couldn't answer the why anymore, um, and that's when it hit me. Um, and I think I've been possibly trying to avoid it for for a while, and I I would say in large part due to the fact the last 18 months have been really tough for everybody. Um, but, you know, with Wits Up, we, I think we did an exceptional job in trying to recreate um, and showcase uh, women in, in triathlon uh, from afar. You know, it got to the point where we were doing, you know, some live feeds of races and I was in Melbourne uh, and I had people like Skyping in and we were, you know, I think I think we've done a really good job at surviving the last 18 months, but it's just not what makes me tick. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to live a life of just surviving. I need to thrive. I, I need to drive. Um, and uh, un- unfortunately, it's just gotten to a point um, when I, I just don't feel like that with Wits Up anymore. Um, and to be able to do what I do day in and day out, there needs to be a high level of passion and drive because this shit is really hard and you have to keep turning up every single day. And I used to do that with, um, I think Corbs even talks about it. 
with this level of high octane and enthusiasm. And unfortunately, that that has gone um, for many reasons, not just because of the eight, last 18 months. Um, it, it's just, it's time. It's time for me to... Um, to move on to the next thing and find out what drives me again. Uh, and I know it's out there. I just can't figure that out without um, letting go of what's up first. It's kind of like a relationship breakup, I feel. Um, so here we are um, at the end of the wits up road. Um, I just, I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who listen to this podcast, who, who have followed us uh, for and supported us for so many years. Um, I'm so glad that I've got to meet you in in whatever capacity that is. And if I haven't met you, hello. Um, I wish that I had. Um, yeah. And like I say, I don't know exactly what's next. I know that I'll be doing something and I'll find something that makes me tick. And I will dive into it and give it my all, but I'll be taking a lot of learnings from the last 10 years. That is for sure. Um, I'm incredibly sad about this. I've been really, I haven't stopped crying for weeks. Um, uh, It is, it's, Wits Up is such a large part of me and I feel like that it, that's, yeah, I'm letting that go. I feel guilty for stepping away when there's still so much work to do, but um, I'll find another way to do that work. Um, I know I will, um, but I guess, oh God, so most importantly, I want this, I, I want this to be a celebration. We've done some incredible work and while I'm upset and sad, I'm finally starting to see that all of the stuff, all of the work that we've done um, over the last 10 years. And it's really important to celebrate that. Uh, So that's what I hope I can do and we can do over the next days, weeks or what have you. Um, And that's hopefully what this podcast uh, brings to you as well because we've invited um, some really awesome women to join us on the podcast, some of my favourites. Uh, we've got Caroline Steffen, Belinda Granger, Jordan Blanco, Rachel Joyce, Lindsay Corbin, Marinda Carfrey, Laura Siddle, Meredith Kessler and Lizzie Blatchford are all going to share some thoughts and some memories uh, from our time with Wits Up. Uh, so I, I'm i going to love you and leave you in this capacity. Um, s- stay tuned. Um I don't know, maybe I'll continue with this podcast, but it won't just be triathlon. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, but thank you and let's let's just get stuck into a gin and tonic. I mean, let's get stuck into this uh, end of an era episode. Uh, gosh, I'm already shaking. Um, heart <laughs> is beating quite fast at the moment. I've actually asked a very, very good friend and excellent interviewer um to join me and help me get through the next hour uh as we we announce that wits up is ending (laughs) um and corker this is your cue to jump in and help me get through what we're about to talk about (laughs) ah 
Steph. Well, Corker <laughs> is here because I couldn't be more honored to help you wrap uh, this incredible chapter of your life, the decade that has been with up in a bow. And I wanted to, you know, flip the script and ask you some questions on your podcast about the journey, the highs, the lows. And uh, the front part of this podcast will be about just that. And then we're going to bring in some of our friends and have them share with you um, the impact that you've made on the sport of triathlon as well. So shall we dive in, my friend? Let's do it. I actually couldn't think of a better way. Well, because how do you end something like this? And I, I love a chat, so I thought this is this is only fitting way to do it. Um, whether I'm ready to just let go of the microphone and let you take control, we'll see. <laughs> it's not not my greatest strength, Fair enough. but I think you're up for the challenge. You know, as professional athletes, you would call this a retirement. Um, some people would call it changing mm. gears. And I think all of these things are true. Um, in preparation for this, I was thinking about our ability to live our biggest lives, I believe, is in direct correlation to our ability to metabolize change. And that means changing careers, changing perhaps pursuits, goals, dreams along the way. And I want to honor that it takes a ton of courage to do what you're choosing to do. And it doesn't come lightly or flippantly. And you have, I have witnessed and been a part of firsthand <laughs> as, as a driver, the effort that has gone into um, the grind, truly the grind, the wits up grind. Mm. And so, you know, in honoring that, one of my favorite ways um, to reflect back on, on moments, be it races or chapters of life, or to ask the question of the highlight, the low light, and what did you learn? So I want to start there um, with a reflection of, of what Witch Up has become and, and you know, where, where it's ending now. When you look back, what, what are some of the highlights of your time leading, char- leading the charge at Witch Up? Oh, how, do you, how do you sum up te- a decade of um, inc- incredible times? Um, and I, do, I don't know. I'll give it a crack. But I was actually, just before this, um, one of my mates who I met through triathlon, you know her, Vix, um, who used to work for Challenge Family um, and is floating around again. Um, she happened to text me saying, hey, do you have that photo of me getting out of the car at either Challenge Shepparton, Challenge Batemans Bay or Challenge Foster? And I was like, like I do, I remember, like, like I can imagine the the, the photo and I have to go through like my my mental rolodex of imageries to try and find that photo. But anyway, going through that, I was literally an hour ago just going through so many photos of all of the races I've been to across the globe, all the people that I've met, um, a combination of race photos, a combination of after race party images that will never see the light of day because what happens at those parties stay, <laughs> stay at those parties. And God, I used to party hard. Um, I cannot do it anymore. This is where we need to hear from Corbin. Okay. Well, one of my favorite memories, well, there's a couple. (laughs) Steph was always a force at the Kona after party. (laughs) So that's actually not the memory that I wanted to share. But I will say if there was an award for winning the after party in Kona, Steph would be up there as podium material for like, you could count on her to be 
dancing until the sun came up and drinking even the men under the table. So I'm going to miss those aspects of Steph. And hopefully if she's ever in Kona, she can live up to her reputation. But um, that's not my favorite memory of Steph. That's just a side story. But um, sounds like you and Corbin uh, have some of the same memories. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) You know, we're going to, we talked about starting a band, a triathlon specific band, uh, and we were pulling people together. I'd be on the drums. Can't remember what, what, remember what Corbs would do. I think Vix would play the piano maybe. I don't know. We had to find a singer. What are your, what are your pipes like? No, I have no, contra- I have no contribution to your band. What I do have a contribution to though, and this is just it. I want to know the highlights of the last decade. And the most beautiful thing that you've okay. just said is you've gone through a Rolodex of pictures of so many people, of pros, not pros, of incredible humans and the after parties because we love Steph Hansen with a drink. And it's like, <laughs> it almost feels like there's too much to remember, but I want to know your top three highlights. Truly, truly like the moment, the first time you saw what that's made the biggest dent in your heart. And I want you to answer because I'm going to answer next. <sighs> um, okay. Here's some cool highlights. Actually one, one. So we we officially launched Wits Up. It was two days after Ironman Melbourne um, in 2012. And we launched it in one of my best mate's houses. She's got this beautiful house um, that was just off the course, the run course of Ironman Melbourne. And the reason we didn't launch it the day after is because that's when the after party is. So we launched it on a Tuesday night um, because I knew that there'd still be athletes around, professional athletes, age groupers, all the, all the people. So I was like, let's just continue this party and launch this this little platform that I was thinking about uh, back in the day. And we had 100 people in that house. <laughs> Brett was catering it by himself with a little bit of help from um, my friends, but he was the the only official chef and Caroline Stefan had won that year. And I'd said to her, look, this is what I'm doing. If there's any chance you're still hanging around, I'd love to see you at the launch. Um, I had other pros there who were awesome, but how cool would it be to have Caroline Stefan who back then as well was at the top of her game. Um, and she messaged me and she's like, oh, I'm going to be at a two times you um, shoot all day. I don't like my chances, but I'll let you know. And then she just rocked up out of the blue and I was pretty pumped because um, it just kind of, it helped me sort of solidify that that pros care about what I'm doing as well. And I haven't even started yet. Like this is just the beginning. And she rocked up. And then I said to her, can I interview on stage? Which was the fireplace basically of my friend's lounge room. And she's like, all right. And as she got up, everyone like joined, you know, you do a line and you face each other and you put your hands together. So people have to like almost crawl through the tunnel. They did that. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then got to interview one of my idols. And she's one of the reasons that I launched Wits Up because I did an interview with her at a, ma- at a magazine and I didn't understand why they didn't put her on the cover. And I asked the boss, why, why aren't women on the cover of the magazines? And it was because of the that interview with her that I asked that question, got the answer that I didn't like, which was women don't sell magazines. And then I was like, well, fuck it. I'll launch my own thing. And so then she, you know, so you know, that was, that was a really good start. (laughs) 
My name is Caroline Stephan. Um, I've been in the sport of triathlon for about 10 years. And I started in 2010. And I think I met Steph, it probably was 2010 or 11, not quite exactly sure. But I remember she sent me a request for a uh, interview. And I was quite nervous because I was pretty new in the sport. And um, But what I know so far, she, I think she was quite nervous too. So I think that was at uh, 7.3 Chilong um, many, many, many years ago when we met first, um, which started a great relationship, great friendship um, between us. My favourite memory of WhatsApp is probably how everything started when we had the, the launch in um, Adara, Melbourne. I think it was 2012 with a big... I think it was sort of like a stand-up uh, dinner um, and Braddy, Braddy was cooking back then. It was at her or at her friend's place. I don't remember exactly, but that was sort of the start of everything and followed by many, many wits up breakfast, Aaron Melbourne and, and in Kona as well. Um, it was always fun. It was always, you know, relaxed atmosphere and um, heaps of fun people, fun, fun women and um, wits up breakfast we had as well in Melbourne. Remember that now and um, so so many fun memories, which, which I will daily miss, of course. Uh, I think it goes without needing explanation that that was the beginning. And sadly, 10 years later, we're in so many of the same conversations. And yet, from a media perspective of where's the female coverage, where are the women at? And it's because of you, um, you know, and a select few others that we do have women's coverage, that we have coverage at races that's more than a couple of lines long. And it goes without like everyone you speak to will say, thanks for bringing the life of the party, for bringing the enthusiasm and for making everyone feel like such a big deal. And that's why people wanted to be around you and, you know, interact with you. You've made time for everyone. And gosh, people, you can't say that about everyone in this day and age. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a specific race you remember beyond the, the first one? In terms of covering, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Challenge Roth will always go down as the greatest event. And, mm. and I mean event. Like it's not just the race. It's it's everything around it from the homestay uh, mm-hmm. that we have there to mm-hmm. Felix like becoming a close friend. You know, not it's he's not just a race director or event organiser. Um, and then the race itself, I've raced it myself mm-hmm. twice um, and then covered it every other year. And 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 I got there because I was also working at the Australian Triathlete magazine at the time, but I met Felix and Vix in Kona. Um, we caught up for a meeting and they invited me to come to Roth and I punched Felix in the arm. Like the first time I met him, I punched him because I was so excited. And then I was like, oh, my God, you're such a moron. Don't be punching people who are paying for flights for you to go to Germany. <laughs> You're an idiot. But it just, like from then, we just I just knew that that was going to be a, a lifelong friendship and that's just going to be the theme of this discussion as well. Like, yes, we WITSUP has done some awesome things and I'm, mm-hmm. you know this better than anyone, but it, it's been hard for me to recognise those things because when you're in it so much, it's really hard to 
um, sit still and and acknowledge that. And I I'm trying. Uh oh, <laughs> shit! Twelve minutes. <laughs> we made it twelve minutes before I got teary. But yeah, when you're so in it, it's really hard to appreciate what you have been able to achieve. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Friends. Got lots of friends and done lots of things. <laughs> Your turn to talk. You have lots of friends. <laughs> You've done lots of things. Well, it feels like the perfect segue. I mean, we did not promise that this podcast would not be emotional. It will be. Absolutely. Um, and that is the segue into the low light stuff. And there are many hats that you've worn because we know you to be behind a camera. We know you to be behind a microphone. We know you to be the captain of the ship, leading the team um, with with other folks on the WhatsApp team that are delivering great content and, and updates for us as well. Um, and it hasn't always been easy. And as an entrepreneur, it feels only right to be able to also share the lowlights, the challenges. Um, what sucked um, about leading this ship for the last 10 years? Um, so I guess before I answer that, I just wanted to say that I spoke to someone the other day and, and you even said this at the start that it feels like I feel like a I, – I don't mean to um, compare myself to a professional triathlete, but with triathlon being such a part of who I am – um, it, it feels like my identity is tied in with it. And I feel like professional athletes, when they're retiring, it's a very similar feeling and, and a very similar um, process that they might go through in terms of deciding how much they love it and how much they want to keep ticking on and when it is time to actually hang up the boots because they're all things that have gone through my head over the last weeks, if not months. Um but, yeah, uh, a pro triathlete had said to me, um, it's really hard because on on paper, no, I don't think I'll ever find another job that has delivered me so many amazing experiences because it's been freaking it, like it's awesome. And all of those experiences, I guess, helped pay for – they – they made up for the fact that it's not really a money-making venture, this this whole Wits Up experience, and I've always been okay with that. Um, y- you know, um, there's been times when I d- I'll never forget, I was in, um, uh, in it was in Germany actually. I said Spain the other day when I was telling this story, but I was in Germany and I didn't have Wi-Fi where I was and I did everything on a, a very thin budget slash credit cards um, and I sat outside cause I was still editing photos. I wanted to get the race report done. And I sat outside this pub that had free Wi-Fi. I sat on the footpath with my laptop, editing photos, stealing their Wi-Fi, um, while people went in and out. This is like 12 o'clock at night or one o'clock in the morning doing that. But that's an experience. Like, I love that shit. I used to do so, so much stupid shit that you just can't, I'm never going to be able to re- replicate that. And that's Okay. I'll find other things to satisfy my stupidity, but it just, yeah. So those experiences is stuff that definitely made up for the fact that there, there wasn't a whole lot of money coming through the door. It's a a niche market within a niche sport. Um, So that leads me to, to the low lights. Um, I guess the stress of being an entrepreneur and you, you would know this as well. Um, 
Like my job has looked really cool. It really has. But people don't see the those stressful nights where you're like, fuck, wh- how am I going to pay my rent this week? How am I going to pay f- for food? Brett, can you please send me some money because I'm on the other side of the world and I'm a little bit worried about how I'm going <laughs> to get home? Um, that's stressful. Um, but money... Money for mm-hmm. me has never been a driver. I don't think it's ever going to be a massive driver for me, but it's something that, and this is one of the reasons it's kind of led me to this decision is now having Frankie, it doesn't necessarily have to be a driver, but it is an important factor. Um, and I mm-hmm. I hate mm-hmm. not being able to provide her with security. And look, the last 18 months hasn't been secure for very many people across the globe. I get that, but I refuse to believe that that's the world that we have to live in and I'll, I, I need to, I want to, I have that urge to create some kind of security for my kid. Um, I guess other lowlights throughout mm-hmm. the time is, oh, do you know, shit like, and it's funny, I, at the time I just, it's kind of like water off a duck's back, but you don't realise, I think because I just had this shield up because I refuse to let it affect me but it kind of affects me more now when I think about it. Um, you know, people would say shit like, and I, and it's jokes, but it's also how much of it is really joking. I, I remember at certain times men saying to me at the finishing line of races, oh, you must have had an easy day, Steph, because you, you're only covering half the race because you're just covering the women. I'd just be like, yeah, oh, so funny, you know, laugh it off. But I'm like, I look back at it and I think that – you actually do think that you're trying to be funny and be a bit of a smart ass, but that's the way you actually view me. And I never let it get to me, but now I look back and I'm like, fuck, I wish I've just would have had a bit more of a comeback for them. Like, yeah, that's okay. I might be covering half of the participants or what have you, but there's one person doing it and there's 30 of you covering the men. So really who's doing less work? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just, I, I, and I think that's a lot, just with me growing up and learning a lot more about myself, it it did have an effect. I just didn't realize it at the time. But over time, that shit is really exhausting. It just keeps chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And I've just gotten to a point where I'm like, I just, I don't have anything else to give because that has taken away so much over time, you know? So that's the lowlights that you have to deal with. Yeah. There's so many, like there's so many barriers and mm. like even things like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. another time, just the way you treated. If you know, it's that I was gonna say that old saying, it's probably just a meme, it's not a saying, it's a meme I've seen somewhere, where a, a woman speaks up for herself and she's shrieking or whatever, but if a you know, a guy does it in an office environment, they're strong and powerful. You know, it's just those I've I've felt that if I stick up for myself, I'm whinging and complaining. It's like no, and not even sticking up for myself. Sticking up for women in sport is what I should say, actually. And you're seen as a pest mm. and a nuisance, but you just keep mm-hmm. showing up and keep doing it, and it is re- it's relentless. Oh gosh, well I say mic drop. I I. I mean, literally the hair stands up on the back of my neck because this is the conversation of why we have all loved and adored you and your team. And it's so tragic that in 2021, you know, you know what's tragic in 2021? Chasing a triathlon organization to pay you a measly invoice for work that you did two years ago at a certain event. 
when let's just declare nobody received refunds for the races that didn't happen. And this was for work that you actually completed. You know, what's tragic is having to chase Mm. money for your work. Just pay the invoice. And I wonder, do our men chasing invoices? Is this what happens? I watched you in Kona last year. I think there were more than 30 people at the finish line. (laughs) Sorry, Kona 2019 when there was a Kona. Uh, how many people had VIP media passes at the finish line mm. and how many were women? I think you were legitimately the only one. Yeah, there's not many. The only one that was taking photos and covering the female race. And I just think, you know, when it comes to that, you were out on course, you're capturing content. And it's, as you said, I mean, it's everything that you're doing until 1 a.m. the night before the race. And it feels like it's so appreciated until Mm. rubber hits the road. And then what? And at the end of the day, you know, not appreciating the work from the corporate side does come at the cost of how does stuff pay rent. And I think that entrepreneurs are incredible humans for putting their neck on the line. And I think that you are simply a small reflection of the female pros that are still in the game. Um, because my, you know, I would wager a guess that many female pros are having the same conversations. And I think it's a shame. And despite great efforts and despite our love of, let's call it Ironman announcers, um, doing the very best that they can while covering the races virtually now, we know that they're also mm-hmm. at the mercy of where the motos are. And my wish is that we can get to a place where we're not even asking for more coverage. We're just asking for equal coverage. And so 10 years later, the quest to have a woman on the front of a magazine and for the female race to be covered Mm. is still a conversation. And I think it's really important that we highlight that. And, um, you know, we we must honor the work that you've done and you deserve a new chapter, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, someone had said, oh, you know, what, what, what is the end goal with Wits Up? And I always just said, oh, when, when you don't, the sport doesn't need, you know, a women-specific platform. Um, I definitely think that we've well, – actually, I don't, don't think. We 100% have changed the media landscape for women in the sport. Absolutely. There's no denying it. Um, I don't think we're, we're finished. It's just that we can't do it anymore and we hope that others – pick that up but what what I will say is that I know that we haven't just you know we have it hasn't just been our platform we've we've held other people or other platforms accountable so if they're not giving the the same amount of exposure for men and women that they're getting called out um so they've had to they've had to lift their game as well and I feel like that's where our influence has really made a difference as well mm. Undeniably, you have made a huge dent. And what a beautiful way of saying the end goal is that it won't be needed. And I, I think that you're leaving big shoes to fill. Let's just put it that way, because there's nothing quite like whether it's not you or you having someone on the ground who's covering the race for what's up. Um, you've really been able to navigate that so beautifully as times have changed, of course, in the last 18 months. Um, and speaking of change comes learning. So what are some of the things that you've learned along the way? I, what have I learned? 
Um, I mean, personally, I've learnt a lot. Um, you like shit. I've learnt how to use a camera. I've learnt how to <laughs> record a podcast. I, you know, all those kind of things. There's some very practical things to learn. Um, I've I've learnt a lot about myself um still learning i don't think i'm ever what i need to do is learn and then put that into practice which is really hard (laughs) um learning about burnout and how to prevent yourself from burnout because chasing things um you know you 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 can only be as good as uh, what am i trying to say the best version of me is the healthy vibrant version i'm no good to anyone if i'm burnt out and that's that's lessons that i'm still learning that's another reason why we're here having this discussion is because i yeah i don't have anything left to get i'm not um i've been operating probably at 50 percent for quite a while quite a while now um i think anyone who listens to this podcast or knows anything about me in this environment knows that i had a bit of a breakdown quite a few years ago um I think that that's by having that, that's helped me this time around recognize certain signs that I'm not doing great and it's I, it's time to do something about that instead of just continuing down that slippery slope um, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and that's why I feel proud that I've made this decision because this decision, this decision is absolutely about me and my family and that's really hard for me to it's oh god it sounds so like I'm so Mm. martyr do you know trying to do everything for everyone else but it's kind of true like yes I've had a great 10 years it's been awesome I've loved my job but the whole goal was to lift the exposure of women in in this sport um it wasn't like I was going into it to just have a good time, you know. Um, whereas this decision is a, is is a selfish one, but I don't feel like it's selfish in a negative way. It's a selfish one that has to be made. Um, so that's I don't know if that answers your question, but that's something that I've learned about mm-hmm. myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with Kristen Bell and Oprah Winfrey this morning. Um, pretty cool. <laughs> And what did they say? The disease to please. Um, and I was like, oh, gosh, they're talking to me. Um, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've felt with so many things in the last, particularly the last 18 months, two years. But even with coming to this decision, that disease to please other people and I just have to keep bringing it back to myself. Otherwise, that that is a disease and it will just keep eating away at me and I'm not going to be happy in six months if I'm still doing this thing, expecting a different result. Um, so that that's a big lesson for me. Um, yeah. In terms of the broader sort of sport, triathlon, women in sport type of thing, um, uh, the biggest lesson is you got to, I don't know, you've got to find the right people to be on your team because this is hard fucking work. Um and very much a lot of the time it's uh, not appreciated and I don't think it's that it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of gets to a point where it's just expected, you know. So when, yeah, and again, I didn't do it for the accolades or anything, but it's 
that's how that's how you become successful at it. You have to just keep showing up, and it is chipping away, and you've got to keep going. Um, but yeah, you need people on your team to to support you doing that because it's it's fucking hard. <laughs> Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I really. I appreciate the the candor and I think speaking to the impact or the toll that business takes on our mental state and on this the reality of the world of the people around us, like our family, is, is enormous and it's not to be overlooked. And as an entrepreneur and in this pursuit, it can feel, be it selfish or self-fulfilling. And yet, as you say, you can't do it without the team that you've had around you, inclusive of Freddie and Frankie. And it comes to a point where you have to say, who's on my team that is, you know, driving the life that I want to live. And, um, you know, what I was thinking is you were saying that you've learned, you've not only learned how to use a camera, you've learned how to use a camera really well, and you've taken heaps of photos. And yet what the world has come to is this platform called Instagram or social media, where these photos are so freaking fleeting. So on one hand, you're honing a craft. And on the other hand, it's like, hey, can you give me photo cred? But wait a minute, like you just swiped up and that photo's gone. And do you know that I got up at 5 a.m. to get sunrise on the Queen K for, for that shot? And then it's like you swipe and it's gone. And that can only like yeah. live on for so long. So gulp. These are, these are lessons of a lifetime. Yeah. Lessons yeah. of a lifetime. We're going to switch gears because we have reached out to some of your favorite friends to get some input, and it only feels appropriate that you are answering the same questions that they're answering too. So we're going to start off by asking you the question, and this is one answer, and that is the biggest impact that you believe WIS UP has had on the sport of triathlon. Um, I really think that we, whether directly or indirectly, have forced others to lift their game. So I, and I sort of alluded mm. to it before and yep, we've, we've done it. We've actually just, you know, shined a spotlight on the women within the sport. And that, that's absolutely the impact, but that was the goal. I, and I don't think I really sort of saw it that way in the beginning that we would make others have to step up. So I think that's why, for me, that's probably the most impactful. Um, it's made other people, not all the time, because we still have to call bullshit on a lot of things, but it's by us being so vocal and strong, our, having such a strong platform and community, it's made other platforms, other people, other sponsors, other brands have to lift their game. S again, still have to do a lot more work in that space, but... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, all tides rise ships, as they say. So you've contributed to the ocean to cause the ships to rise. And I think that's incredible. Absolutely. Uh, let's hear from some of our friends. Okay. My name's Rachel Joyce. I, was, I did triathlon for 10 years professionally and probably 13 years in total. Um, and I actually met Steph, when I came to race Melbourne, Ironman Melbourne 2012, which was the first year it happened, and Luke Bell put me in touch with her to be, um, she was my homestay host. Um, 
and it was it was quite an eventful homestay. <laughs> it was it was amazing because obviously Brett's a chef and um, did all the cooking, but I was quite accident prone on that trip. So, like she very specifically told me not to ride down a certain road with tram tram tracks, and I rode down and fell off my bike, and she found me the chiropractor and. Um, but it also tied in with her launching Wits Up and she was doing lots of interviews at the time. Um, so it was it was a super fun, super fun trip. Um, I think without a doubt, the impact that Steph in creating Wits Up and her personality and everything she brought to Wits Up was really highlighting. Well, she it, she 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 identified this real gap in coverage for women and rather than kind of just moan about it she kind of just went out and rolled her sleeves up and kind of completely filled that gap in a really positive way so it was never like negative to anyone else in sport it was just like well I'm just going to cover the women and I think she really spearheaded that and so it came to the point where I think so many people were tuning in to watch an Ironman and they would just go straight to wits up and the women were getting people knew what the women were doing in the race way better than what the the guys were doing um and so i think that's the major impact she had and so the guys were like we need a a, a mitts up or whatever you would call it um and i think another thing she did was really just tell the stories of women in triathlon because i think of some of um like the Wahin Warriors. It was just such a cool build up to Kona. And I was competing and I just couldn't wait to watch the videos of the other people because it was it somehow created rather than like, obviously there were the rivalries, but it was a really positive like celebration rather than kind of, I think sometimes it, people want to put women in sport like in a dog fight against each other but it was like no these are all like amazing women let's celebrate them um so I think that's uh what I see as a major impact I could kind of go on with some of uh the stories uh, for me as well in the in the lead up to Hawaii an interview with Steph was always kind of more relaxing you know some of them just made me really uptight but somehow you'd kind of fit, leave seeing Steph feeling more chilled out about the whole thing as well. Uh, my name is Marina Carfrey. I've been in the sport of triathlon for over two decades now. I probably met her at a triathlon in Australia, but my fondest memories are from her being in Kona every year and um, yeah, covering that event and doing the interviews before that event and showcasing the women. Um, the biggest impact that Steph and Witsap have had on women in triathlon is just that, just highlighting all of the uh, women of the sport of triathlon, I think, bringing their stories to light, um, highlighting their accolades. And for me, especially just um, covering all the events, I, it, I found it just so much easier to follow along, like, Ironman events, 70.3 events, uh, Olympic distance events, uh, kind of always know that wits up are there covering the events. And in fact, sometimes, uh, you know, historically you always knew what happened in the men's race, but never really knew what happened in the women's race. And then wits up came along and, uh, started following wits up and I, you know, always could see what was going on in the women's race and never sort of could find what was going on in the men's race, which I think was fantastic. So, um, that was, I think, 
amazing. My name is Sid or Laura Siddall. Um, I have been in the sport of triathlon. I started as a complete beginner in 2009. So someone work out the maths. I think that's 12 years or so. Um, I think just with what she was doing with starting Wits Up to showcase the women side of the sport and to give it the media coverage and tell the stories. Because of that, it was the support that Stefan Witsup gave to the female athletes um, and that side of the sport and always driving for change, always pushing, uh, challenging the status quo and pushing the boundaries and trying to make that cause and, you know, rallying the, the females and the males behind it to showcase that, you know, there's a need for this and this needs to be done. I think her leading the way with that probably had the impact on me for saying, yeah, we need to do something about this and I can fully get behind Steph on her mission, I should say. This is Jordan Blanco. I have been in uh, triathlon for about 20 years now. And I met Steph online in about 2014, 2015. Um, to help with some writing. I think I met her in person in late 2015, probably in Kona that year. I think the biggest impact is to give women a voice in the sport and to recognize the uniqueness of women competing in endurance sports. Um, we have um, unique needs whether it's uh, hormonal, whether it's family related, uh, whether it's how we manage our time differently than, than other people. Um, and so I love that she's brought those stories of both professionals and amateurs to the fore. Um, and in particular, I, I love um, the ability of Wits Up to highlight the strength and depth of the women's field. I think the mainstream media does a good job in highlighting the winners, um, but doesn't necessarily capture people who are up and coming. And it's been priceless for Steph to be able to give those women who are growing in the sport that platform over the last 10 years. My name is Meredith Kessler, and I have had the privilege of being in the sport of triathlon for the last 21 years. And I've also had an even bigger privilege of getting the just, I don't know how you can really explain it, the sincerely enriching and amazing opportunity to get to know Steph Hansen. And of course, the empire she created in Wits Up. I think the biggest impact that Steph and Wits Up have had on women in triathlon is truly, it was Wits Up and Steph that brought women to the forefront of triathlon a decade ago. It's not that the women weren't spoken about or whatnot, and it's not a, a, a men versus women type situation here. It's just that there wasn't a media out, outlet that really honed in on the women and literally made sure that we all could thrive out there and be talked about and be looked into and all the pre-race interviews they had the post post-race recaps and just bringing that to light like literally bringing women to the forefront of triathlon is how I can best describe it that was all Steph that was all what's up and it's legendary what 
Steph and her team have done over the years. Year after year after year, it was constant. It was a lot of work and it shined always. Not to mention, Steph's out there on the moto being a photographer. I could always know when it was her because I could hear the way she snaps photos and I'm like, that's Steph. And then she, of course, would always tell all the women, good job, keep it going, you, you've got this, you know, just always a positive light. So we always send her love and light right back and we are forever grateful for her and for her empire of wits up and all it's done for women in triathlon. So the biggest impact Steph and Witsup had on women in triathlon, I think the most important is that Steph was always there and always covered our race. Where before, um, usually there was a big cover-up of um, all the male race and maybe if you're lucky, the first female got mentioned somewhere in a newspaper or in a, in a blog or um, even live stream. But with Steph, that, that changed quite quick. Um you actually be able to follow races overseas, you know, and, and you know what's going on in the in the women's race, which was um new for everyone and exciting for everyone because it gave it gave us more coverage and um gave us the opportunity to get more sponsors too because we um we had a bigger platform to promote our sponsors and um yeah, that net, net, no one done that before and uh, it was a big, important step Steph did and I actually can't thank her enough for all the work she did. All right. Your favourite memory, Hanson. I know we touched on this at the beginning, but it's really fun to hear from our friends on this one too. Do you have one favourite Wits Up memory? Ugh, hardest question. Hardest question ever. One. So I, I think, and obviously there's so many, but one that sticks out is um, this is before everyone was doing videos in Kona and everyone was doing bike rides in Kona. We were doing it. We were doing videos, the Wahini Warriors, and we organized bike rides um, along the Queen K and we decided that it's going to be the day before the race and it was for people who obviously weren't racing. But it was like, you know, that day before a triathlon, particularly in Kona, which is freaking mental, that there's just like this nervous energy. And if you're if you're a partner of someone racing, you just want to leave them alone. So that's kind of where the concept started from. But it was also Kate Bevilacqua um, just used to do crazy amounts of kilometres um, while she was in, in, in Kona and she was going out for a ride and she'd ask me or we, we were chatting and so I was like, yeah, I'll come. And it, it just... This concept grew from there and it started with a few people one year and then the next year I'm like, let's make this a thing. And we got Glenn, um, Corrupt Vision, Lizzie Blatchford's husband, to come and take some photos and stuff. And the people who ended up on that ride is just a list of fucking superstars in the sport. Like Chrissy Wellington was there. Uh, Belinda Granger was there. At one point we're riding along in this group and there was also a, like anyone was allowed to come and at one point we rode past this dude on the Queen K and he jumped on the back and it was Dave Scott. And it's just like, holy shit. And just the fact that these people turned up because we we're like, yep, this is the community that we've kind of created and this is the kind of stuff that we do. It's not just about writing reports or interviewing people. 
you know, and like, so we had age group frothers in this group with Chrissy Wellington on the front with Belinda Granger. Like, you know, it's, that is stupid. And so that's a, a memory. And actually one of those photos came up this morning. It's just this stunning photo from Glenn, um, you know, with the sun rising. Cause you're out in the Queen Kate, six o'clock in the morning, the sun rises over those mountains and it's, um, it's a pretty unique, special place. Um, yeah, so that that mm-hmm. is definitely – and then we went and had coffee and stuff afterwards. We're just hanging out, whatever. And then these women are part of the Wits Up panels. Like it's just all that kind of stuff. Like I've managed yeah. to have some of the best people on stools next to me chatting about stuff that we wouldn't normally chat about because five-minute interviews before a race don't get you much, but a panel of women – talking about being comfortable and talking about stuff it's pretty cool yeah absolutely I think it speaks to the reality that we're all human uh, in this game and that races are one day and we have 364 other days to live together and you make those days really special and I think you and the team at what's up have made sure that people feel like they belong to something um, regardless of where they are be it retired, be it there to support, perhaps you're planting seeds of dreams. And I remember absolutely being a frother at home watching those videos. Like, come on now, look at this Kona content. Let's hear from our friends. My name is Belinda Granger. I have been in the sport of triathlon now for far out. I stopped counting once I turned 50. I think um, it's got to be coming up 30 years. I, I, I started when I was 21 and I'm now turning 51. Uh, at the end of this year, so it would be 30 years. Um, and, oh, how long have I known Steph? My God, it was a bloody long time ago. Um, and it was one of those relationships, and you know you get this, and I know you'll know this because I, I feel like you and I have struck up a, a fairly similar, like, you know, when you meet someone for the first time and you just know that you're going to be friends forever because you've got there's so many similarities and you just click from, from day dot. And I've, that's exactly how I felt with Steph. Um, and, you know, you don't get it all the time. There's people that it takes time to, to build up that friendship over years. Um, but with Steph, it was immediate. So from the very first time we met each other at a triathlon, of course it wasn't a triathlon, um, we hit it off and we have been really close friends ever since um, through the good, the bad and everything in between. And, yeah, she's an incredibly special person for me. To me, you know, Steph being a special individual and there aren't that many in the world that are like this. She, it's almost, it's almost like everything, everyone she touches turns to magic. Um, she has this, this influence over people that you just, you can't help but be in a good mood around. And in fact, I could even go a step further with Steph. She's, um, she brings out the silliness in me and that's what I love about it. You know, I might be 50 or um, but I, when I'm around her, I just feel like I'm, I can be a kid again and I can do and say and be whoever I want. And she has this innate ability to do that to everyone. And, you know, I giggle like a schoolgirl when I'm around her. We have, even the other, the other week when we were down at Challenge Shepherd and um, I hadn't worked with Steph for quite some time because of COVID and just restrictions, border restrictions. And it felt like the good old days. And we just, we had an absolute blast. And that's the effect Steph has on everyone and everything that she touches. Okay. This is going to be a hard one, especially for you, BG. (laughs) I like the hard ones. (laughs) I want to know your favorite wits up Steph Hansen memory. 
All right. This is going to be this is going to be interesting, and I'll be it'll be interesting whether I should have a, a an uh, an X rated and a, and then a general. <laughs> I've got so many, honestly. Um, one of my favourite memories ever of Steph was actually it's not really necessarily a wits up moment; it's more a Steph Hansen moment. And well, let's I'll do both. Um, and it would have to be her wedding, one of the greatest weddings that I have ever been to to this day one of the greatest hangovers I have ever had to this day the next day um but it was where the uh the vagina dance was born well not born it was there beforehand but well it was where it was perfected that's more to the point it was where it was perfected and um since that day the vagina dance has traveled around the world to many a race including challenge ross um I think uh even in in Hawaii we got Michelle Vesterby doing it quite a few of the pro athletes came in on it and it was really it became more just of just a silly dance that a stupid dance that we did it was a celebration of women and how powerful women are in sport now I know that sounds so stupid um but we still laugh today and we still do it today when we see each other um and it's just it, it represents all of the incredible women around the world in sport and in triathlon in particular and just how much fun we can have with each other and and I have to say um probably my greatest wits up moment was um yeah step when Steph and I got the opportunity to work together it was after I'd retired obviously working as pro liaison um and also doing some live commentary um so any opportunity I got to work with Steph in person on the race course um yeah was all, uh, unreal my name is Lindsay Corbin, and I have been a professional triathlete since 2006. My favorite memory with Steph, and I think it's her favorite memory with me, hopefully, we'll see. But um, one year in Kona, she came out to cover the race, and I was like, let's just put the race aside, no interviews, no cameras, and let's just go out to Captain Cook and be girlfriends and like have a fun afternoon and like not think about the race, not think about the media you have to do, not think about the work. Um, yeah. And so we brought paddle boards and we went and got a coffee in town and we just acted like normal people that were in Hawaii on vacation that were friends. And um, obviously Steph living in Australia and me in the U S we don't get to see each other that often. And we both can be high octane, high energy. So there was, no silence like we were able to catch up and chat and non-stop chatter and um yeah we paddled out to captain cook and then we did an outfit swap change and i paddled and she swam and yeah we just had so much fun and it was like for a moment in time at least for me i was able to forget that i was even in hawaii to do a race and it was just yeah that i was hanging out with someone that was a friend and i think that that was sort of an aha moment for me that like steph is not only this um, colleague in the media, but just a really great person and a really great friend. And um, just to be able to share a moment like that with someone and then to be able to both go into our element on the race course, you know, three or four days later on Saturday of race week. And, you know, she put on her media cap, I put on my race hat and, you know, it was all back to business. But um, that's one of my favorite memories is just being able to appreciate Steph as a person, because I think, so much we get, you know, categorized as like Lindsay, the athlete or Steph, you know, from Wits Up. And she was just Steph and I was just Lindsay and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Hi, this is Liz Blatchford. I have been in the sport of triathlon for a really long time. 
I started racing when I was 14 years old, which was back in 1994. I turned professional when I was 21 in 2001, and I raced professionally until the end of 2018, um, having an almost 18-year professional career. One of the sort of peak things I think about with Steph and, you know, our friendship was, oh, you know, I'm going to say the wrong year. One of the years I was racing Kona, um, we had a bit of a issue with Glenn's US visa. So Glenn's my husband. And so I'd flown to Kona, I think three or four weeks before the race. And there was a week or so that Glenn wasn't going to be able to be there. And there was also a small chance that he might not get back for the race if the US wouldn't let him in with a, a new visa or something like that. Um, and so I sort of approached Steph nervously and asked if she wanted to kind of just be my wing woman um, <laughs> and come out to Kona early and hang out in my apartment with me and just sort of help me prep for Kona um, that year, whatever year that was, I'm going to say 2014, 2015. I don't know, one of those years. Um, yeah, and anyway, so, yeah, Steph and I ran and rode and swam our way around Kona for a few weeks <laughs> and Steph was an awesome support. She was very upfront about not being on the cooking chef side of things, said that was all on Breddy at their place and that was fine. We um, mastered the takeaway <laughs> and got to know a lot of the takeaway around Kona, but that was all good. Um, but, yeah, so my some of my favourite Wits Up experiences – would be, um, oh, I've did that, done the Wits Up ride one of the years I didn't race in Kona. And that was kind of nice to be on the sort of the flip side of a race, not being so focused on on racing and doing things like that. And I came on some of that ride. I was actually pregnant at the time. Um, and I don't think I made the whole ride. I was finding it too, too hot. Um, but yeah, it was really nice just, and also to see, kind of the little community that Steph has created around Wits Up. Um, super impressive. And, yeah, she's obviously built relationships similar to the one that I have with Steph all along the way with all sorts of women from around the world, um, which is, yeah, just a, a um, characteristic of Steph's that's pretty unique and pretty special. And my favourite Wits Up memory, the one that comes to mind is the year Steph and this is like kind of just a little one. Uh, the year Steph asked each of the female top female pro athletes in Kona to to name a word that rhymed with Kona, <laughs> and um, yeah, many people said boner, boner um, was how I would say it, but I just said it American way. But um, yeah, that <laughs> I just remember like Michelle Vesterby just killing herself laughing, saying boner, of course. That's the word that most of us came up with. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, generally I just have fond memories of seeing, you know, Steph out randomly on race courses and, um, you know, before races, always with such positive, fantastic energy and um, just, you know, a really friendly face, especially, you know, around Kona uh, when – Nerves are high and stakes are high. Some of the memories I have of Steph, I wasn't even there, but like felt like I was there because you kind of 
I just remember being worried when I heard that she was going in a showdown with Felix to run the tables. And I thought, she, and watching the video, I was like, please don't break a leg or something. Um, but I think the real, like, I think I touched on it just then was the kind of interviews and seeing Steph before Kona. Um, she was kind of part of the buildup and like one of the interviews that I really looked forward to because it felt like you were kind of, well, we were catching up as friends because because of the nature of Ironman racing. You Kona was a place that we would like generally see each other if we hadn't seen each other elsewhere in the kind of on the circuit. Um, and just the laughs that we would have during that and um I, actually one moment I do remember is when Rini and I were both uh, I had was in Kona and I had just had it was my first Kona after having Archie and I just remember Rini like flicking this question back to Steph saying so Steph when are you having a baby and just like Steph looking at Brett and Brett looking at Steph and then I think the next Kona um Steph, Steph was like no no never no never and then Obviously, we have Frankie, who who was there, um, kind of probably ten months later. Um, and there's one other memory is the the bit where she had this was an example of how she kind of like breaks the ice and the tension before Kona was when uh, the question she asked everyone was what rhymes with Kona, and that video is just pure gold. Like, <laughs> if you want to giggle, everyone just go and watch that video. Oh gosh, favorite wits up memory. Um, I don't know. There's been so many. I mean, it's been, gosh, I, I don't even know how many years it's been that I've been involved. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in a relationship, does it feel like a lifetime, a prison sentence? Or is it like time flies when you're having fun? I don't know. Um, I, you know, I think her being there, probably like one of the biggest things was her being there, um, Oh, I guess a couple of things. One, she showed massive wits up, or well, I guess Triathlete Magazine, but wits up showed massive support to me when I went from age grouper to professional, um, which is obviously what what she's great at doing. I think um, a favourite memory would have to be probably when Steph was at the finish line of Ironman Australia when I won my first um first full distance race and with it being in Australia where it all kind of began and um I, I think leading up to the race she wasn't sure whether she was going to be there or not for various reasons and um and then yeah having her at, at the finish line um with everything kind of we've done together or on the work that she's done and led with Wits Up was was pretty special um I mean there's been so many fun times like the breakfasts have always been such a laugh um, at Wits Up, whether that's been like in, in and the, the Wits Up rides and stuff in Kona or just um, gosh, like at Noosa and things like that. It's always been such good fun. Um, there's been some very funny videos that she's done, which is always makes me laugh. Um, do you know, I, I just think there is so much that she's done that, we've forgotten about that it's really hard to kind of like I think you could have you could get a lot but a bunch of us round a dinner table preferably with a bottle of wine or maybe a beer or two and some good food cooked by Chef Bretty of course and just go through and I reckon you could talk for hours and hours and hours and people would have so many different memories that we'd all all have forgotten but that were all kind of 
oh yeah, you remember that time? And oh my gosh, that was so funny. And some of like some of the blooper reels and yeah. Um, yeah. So many, so many good, so many good, fun, best memories. I mean, one of the favorite what's up memories I have, there are literally so many stored in my noggin that the, that it's hard to give you one example, but I will at least tell you the ones that shine the most. They all take place in Talbo, New Zealand, given Steph's Australian, and um, it's not too far to get to New Zealand for her. You know, we have two dynamics of experiencing time together in in New Zealand. Once was without children, and once was, or twice was with children. And I remember when we didn't have children, we would, you know, just have a nice, quiet cocktail after the race, or the next day after the race, or during awards, and sitting together at awards at the table, and listening to the music, and just enjoying life. Not that we don't enjoy it with kids, I don't mean that. I just meant it was like, it was just different. We could, you know, not have any interruptions, and kind of just chat away, and sit on the balcony looking over Lake Taupo, have a cocktail, talk about everything, talk about work, talk about the sport, talk about life outside triathlon, which I love to do also. And they're all, they all take place in Taupo, New Zealand. And then fast forward um, to an, the next time or a, a recent time was last year, or rather 2020. And we got to experience Frankie and Mac playing together and just enjoying time with each other when we went to breakfast and they're running around. So yeah, we're, we can still talk and everything. It's just different than having a quiet cocktail on, on, a, on a hotel balcony. But what I love is we actually got to experience motherhood sort of newly together, even though they're about a year apart or whatnot. But um, it, it's so much fun to have been able to ch- share that with her and see baby Frankie and Kona when she was only a couple months old and all that good stuff. So it's been very enriching and enlightening and I just enjoyed every moment of it all. All right, Steph, our final question. This one's for you. What is your wish for the future of women in the sport of triathlon? Um, you know, I, I want the basics. I want, I want more women to feel the way that I did getting into the sport. So I want, I, I want more women to feel empowered by a certain lifestyle that, um, if you don't go too crazy, is a really is a really great healthy lifestyle um, if it's balanced. <laughs> um, and I want I just I really remember, and which is why obviously Wits Up came up, and I started coaching and doing all the things because I fell in love with the sport. Like every single person who gets involved in our world, but I want w- more women to to feel that and be empowered by it. Um, however that looks for them. That's what I want. I also want, um, I just don't want it to be a question, um, or an afterthought. I just don't want women to be a fucking afterthought. That's what I want. I want women to be recognized for the, the powerful, um, inspiring, um, people that they are, but without, like it just, they just always seem to be an afterthought, whether that be events, um, you know, forgetting that women take around nine hours to nine hours, 15 to do an, to do an Ironman, not eight and a half hours like the men, you know, and, and then forgetting to 
film them for the last anyway that's a whole other story but i just that and that's why people just need to keep putting these women on a platform and um because they're fucking they're fucking incredible for Mm. for so many reasons Mm. and i i just i really remember when i first started wits up um and yes the the story about women not being on the cover of the magazine I just I remember telling my friends who weren't involved in triathlon I was like I just I don't understand how they're not on the magazine but also triathlons triathletes in general not just uh, women mm-hmm. are just some of the most inspiring driven people on the planet across all mm-hmm. sports like you know professionals do this on a on a dime as well it, you know relatively speaking to a lot of other sports I'm like that's you have to be some form of driven mm-hmm. to to be able to do this for a living and I just I want those stories to be told but yeah so so that it does inspire the next generation and I was just um Ash Barty just won Wimbledon tennis and there's a photo of her so she's the first um uh Aussie to win it in 41 years and the last woman to Australian woman to win it was uh, an Aboriginal uh, woman as well. Uh, and sorry, Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. And I apologise if I've actually got that terminology in- incorrect. Um, but there's this photo of her as a kid with her tennis racket. And I just, it's been posted all over social media. And I look at that and I think that's, whether it be triathlon or any sport, that's what I want to see because I think about Frankie mm. and I just, oh, fuck. <laughs> like I just, I want kids to be able to see some of these people who do some incredible things, but it's not just about doing incredible things. It's about having dreams and going and getting them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I want. Yeah. And that photo of, which is obviously a bit of a segue, but that that's what that symbolises to me. And I think it's such a, she's just this little kid who's like, yep, one day I'm going to be a champion. It's like, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do we as adults, however we do it, whether you're, you're a mum who just shows them tenacity, you know, yeah. that that's helping set them up for the future. That's what I want from sport, though, you know? Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Oh, it's gorgeous. And <laughs> I mean, heck, it's what a wish. What a wish. Uh, I think it's only and, appropriate. Sorry, can I? Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, and that that's how I feel generally speaking. It's just that for me, and I, like I think in the future, because I don't know what's next for me other than, you know, doing some videography jobs and bits and pieces, somehow I'll be back in that world. Somehow I'll be doing it. I just don't know what it looks like yet. Um, but I know that that is what what drives me. I just need to figure out in on what kind of platform or not even platform because that you know so that is my gut that's what drives me every single day um i just need to find a better a a new way of expressing that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean 
Absolutely. Yeah, we're here for it. We're here. We're here to see the Steph Hansen 2.0 expression into the world. Um, I, I think we'll all tuck your, your wish and your dream in our heart and say that it doesn't matter what you do. You know, it can be a podcast, it can be a camera, it can be a video, it can be a coverage of a race. It's something that is so beautiful to say that you're here so that Frankie, among many other kids, like Frankie and friends, have permission to dream. Yes, that's it. So you said it a lot better than me. <laughs> well, you you said it. And I think that we as adults know that we look to people who have done things to believe that we can do them too. I mean, I heard Daniela say the mm. other day, she looks to yawn and it's like, well, Frodo can run that off the bike. Why can't I? It's the same thing. We look to heroes and what you've done is created a platform of elevating heroes. And I think that's really special. All right, Steph, we're here to wrap this in a bow. You cut a ribbon when you open a new store, where you open a chapter, and when you close a chapter, you tie it in a bow. Do you have any parting words before we close the final podcast that is with up? Um, yeah, I guess I – well, this is my opportunity to, I, to, to thank people. There's no way I can name everyone because throughout those – 10 years. There've been so many different people at so many different stages doing so many different things from, you know, um, just as an example, Brooke Tully, who I met, I told this idea to someone and they introduced me to Brooke Tully, who was this PR person, but more importantly, one of the greatest human beings on the planet. Um, the type of human being who will fly from Ireland to challenge Roth to look after your kid so that you can work. That's the kind of human being she is. She helped me launch Wits Up in a way that I never thought imaginable. Um, and in return, I coached her to her first iron distance. Um, like, and now, you know, a friend for life. Like that was, there's those kind of people who were there from the very beginning. There's the immediate, there's the Wits Up team, um, the, the most immediate team, Sid, Jordan and Molly. And then there's all all the contributors um, and editors who, because that's the thing, I don't think people quite realise how much work's involved. It's not just about writing an article and just throwing it up on a website. There's just so many different steps to it. It's, it's really time consuming. Um, and, when I started this, I did it. I did it all. Um, but in order to grow, we needed to, you know, expand a little bit. Um, so there's all those people I want to thank as well. But like over the time, so not just the people right now who are here at the end, but the people from the very beginning as well. There's the partners. I remember um, when we when we launched. So I used to be, um, I get well, an ambassador for Giant Bikes Australia. And I remember telling them about the idea and they backed me from the very beginning, um, you know, and became a partner and a sponsor. Like all of my crazy ideas, they backed. But one of the most important things that Ruddy from Giant said to me was, you need to get other bike brands on board because otherwise it just looks like a little bit of nepotism type of thing, you know. Um, I'm part of the Giant family, so you need to get others on board, but it also just makes you a lot, um, 
it just it just validates what you're doing by it not just looking like mates are coming on board. So, you know, then we'd have partnerships with Specialized and Cervelo who all came on board and just believed what we were trying to achieve. It wasn't necessarily about how many hits the website got or how many bikes they could sell by advertising on our on our website. It was more that they believed in the message and what we were trying to create and achieve and wanted to be a part of something good. So there's all those kind of partners and there's so many more than just those three brands that I mentioned then. Um, but, yeah, so thank you to, to, to all of them. And then, you know, the community, the the audience, the, the um, I was going to say fans, but that doesn't sound right. Um, the, the, the community, I think, is the best way to describe it. The people who backed what we were doing, um, who showed up like hell I got a bunch of women in a room before we even launched wits up to do a focus group you know all of those people who just recognized what we were trying to do and wanted to be in some form a part of it um mm-hmm. and then you know obviously Brady and my friends Frankie and Henry who are the actual the the support the support team um Mm-hmm. I, I just can't mention everyone, um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to at least start to sort of, yeah, thank people because this is really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard to figure out what to say to people, how to thank them. I don't, I don't I'm not going to do it justice. Um, yeah. But it's been well, a fucking awesome ride. It got, it's been un, it's been so awesome it's been so awesome and as you would call them you know be it community be it fans all of the people that have supported both the um the the podcast and and more with patreon accounts and the reality that all of these people i think would consider you a friend is a pretty incredible way (laughs) to close the chapter and it goes both ways. You make people feel like they matter. You've made people feel like they were important. And you've made people feel like they were a friend wherever they are in the world and wherever they meet you in the world. Because the reality is you've flown around the world many times over to meet people and have these conversations. And I truly believe that relationships are currency because as people have left one sponsor and gone to another you know, the bike brand may or may not matter. It's been the people behind the bike brand that have mattered. And that's really special. It goes without mention that we know Wits Up events have the best food. And that wouldn't have ever been possible without Chef Freddy. <laughs> and his ability to cook for a bunch of wild women is pretty amazing. And to the men who have also stood behind you. Because some of them have made dick comments. And the supportive dudes have been really, really special. And I think that the lesson in this is to never take for granted the power of supporting an idea. And it might change someone's life for one moment. It might change someone's life for 10 years, or it might change the sport of triathlon, like you have done, Steph. We love you. We are freaking stoked for what's next. And we're even more grateful for everything that you've done. Thank you, my friend. Stay tuned, guys. We'll see. We'll see what happens next. I got no idea. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a wrap? Oh, God. I need a gin. You need That's, a gin. Yeah. Oh, okay. mate. Yes, it's a wrap. 
I can't cope with anymore. <laughs> 